Good evening, everyone. Sorry if you missed me last week. It was yet another holiday weekend here in the United States. This week, though, we'll talk about one of the attempted imitators of chlorpromazine, the first antipsychotic drug that we talked about last episode. Unsurprisingly, the massive profits generated by the first antipsychotic drug did not go unnoticed by other companies, and so they all began to look for their own drugs. Pharmaceutical companies began teaming up with psychiatrists, and one in particular named Roland Kuhn was recruited by a company called Gaiji. Kuhn was the head doctor at a psychiatric hospital in Switzerland, and not only a psychiatrist, but also had a background in biochemistry, perhaps the perfect hunter for new psychiatric drugs. In 1955, the company Gaiji offered to provide Kuhn with experimental compounds if he would test them out on his patients, and Kuhn agreed. Gaiji sent their head of pharmacology to him, where Kuhn was presented with a chart of 40 different compounds, and told to pick one. Kuhn looked them over, and picked one out that he deemed the most similar to chlorpromazine, which had been labeled Compound G22355, likely hoping its similarity would provide similar results to the first antipsychotic. When Kuhn began testing out the new compound into psychotic patients, he instead found that the drug did nothing. It didn't seem to reduce psychotic symptoms, which on this show we know is pretty normal. Most drugs that we've discussed on this show were discovered usually through tons of trial and error, and often by accident on top of that. Kuhn was expected to pick a new compound from the list and move on, hopefully finding a new drug that would work down the line. But instead, Kuhn decided to investigate the drug's use for a totally different disorder that he cared much more about, depression. When Gaiji originally asked him to help them find a chlorpromazine copycat, there was no reason that similar drugs might also have an effect on depression. But Kuhn was firmly convinced that depression came from a biological dysfunction of the brain, and that it should be treatable with some kind of chemical, just as psychotic symptoms now could be treated with chlorpromazine. Without telling Gaiji, he began giving the compound to patients suffering from severe depression. And before I tell you about the results, I feel the need to highlight that Kuhn is entering a bit of a moral gray area here. While the end result of his decision to try out the drug in unapproved ways did eventually yield a great discovery, doing so broadly would likely be more harmful than beneficial for patients. On top of that, there seems to be some evidence that Kuhn was testing drugs in patients without their consent, which is especially problematic. Kuhn's discovery was important and greatly beneficial for the treatment of mental illness as a whole, but that does not excuse his unethical behavior that led to that discovery. That discovery, though, was a big one. After the first few days, patients showed no sign of improvement, already very different from the other psychiatric drugs of the time, which usually produced effects within hours or even minutes. But I guess Kuhn was just stubborn, so he kept giving these patients the drug anyway. After six days of treatment, one patient named Paula woke up feeling much better. Paula was reported by nurses to be much more energetic and talkative than usual that morning. Kuhn then examined her himself, and she seemed much happier and even expressed optimism for the first time. A few days later, other patients began to show signs of improvement too, and Kuhn wrote to Gaiji the company saying, quote, The patients feel less tired, the sensation of weight decreases, the inhibitions become less pronounced, and the mood improves. Clearly very excited about his new results. Gaiji, though, didn't care. They didn't ask him to find a drug to cure depression, they wanted a chlorpromazine copycat. 
Gaiji ignored Kuhn, instead sending the compound to other psychiatrists for testing, and never even mentioning to the others that it had potential uses in treating depression. He would continue to request that Gaiji let him investigate compound G22355's uses for depression for a whole nother year, but Gaiji continued to ignore him. Seeing that Gaiji didn't give a crap, Kuhn instead tried to interest other academics, but also to no avail. He presented a paper on his findings at a scientific meeting in Berlin, for which only 12 people showed up. After the talk, nobody asked a single question. Imagine that, the first talk detailing the first effective drug that could treat depression, and there was practically no interest at all. I have detailed my own much less impactful work at a few conferences, and gotten twice that attendance already. Later, one of the 12 attendees at Kuhn's talk remarked, Kuhn's words, like those of Jesus, were not appreciated by those in positions of authority. However, even those in authority can listen when they decide to. As luck would have it, an influential Gaiji stockholder and partner named Robert Boehringer knew of Kuhn's expertise in mood disorders and asked him for advice. Boehringer's wife was suffering from depression, and he hoped that Kuhn's expertise could help. Kuhn recommended Compound G22355, and I'm sure slightly angrily pointed out that his business partners were refusing to develop the drug. After just a week, Mrs. Boehringer's depression improved, and Robert, having personally seen the potential of the drug, began telling his business partners to bring this drug to market. With a major business partner's clout, G22355 finally began human trials on depressed patients, and it received a marginally better name, imipramine. I wish they had done that a little bit earlier, so I wouldn't have had to say G22355 so much. Seriously, I mixed up the numbers numerous times recording this, and had to keep re-recording those parts. In 1958, Gaiji released the drug to the public, and it was the first tricyclic antidepressant drug, a major class of antidepressants and the first of its kind. Unlike chlorpromazine, imipramine was a near-instant success. I can't find numbers on sales, but I do know that other drug companies quickly released similar drugs, which is always an indication that sales were good. First, schizophrenia, and now depression had gone from terrible untreated afflictions to often manageable conditions. The impact was, of course, massive, helping millions across the world who were struggling with severe depression live happier, healthier lives. However, tricyclic antidepressants do have some pretty nasty side effects, like sluggishness and weight gain, and they carry a possibility of death from overdose. And likely, we will talk about the new and improved antidepressants later on in the season. But for next week, there's still another miracle drug that is to be discovered right around this time, which would help treat manic depressive illnesses. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoy what you hear, please just tell a friend. As always, thanks also to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for this music. Music